people value the fact that you can demonstrate with humbleness and ask. And that means that you get to know people better and then they've got your back when you need it. Hello and welcome to the Medical Protection Podcast Headliner Series. I'm your host, Dr. Maida Raza. I'm a GP, communication skills tutor and training program director by background. And we're joined today once again by Dr. Najib Rahman. Najib is an emergency medicine consultant, clinical and educational supervisor currently working in Leeds, and it's a pleasure to have him back with us today. This series is specifically for our international medical graduate members that find themselves now working within the NHS. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the ways in which uh, international medical graduates can integrate effectively into NHS teams, talking a little about NHS working culture, and we'll touch a little bit on well-being as well. Najib will be sharing his experiences from having worked with multiple IMG colleagues in the emergency department at Leeds. So welcome again. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Hi, Maida. Thanks for having me back. So Najib, in our last podcast, um, you touched on the, the concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which was really interesting because psychological safety can also make up one component of that. And that's really what I wanted to touch upon today with respect to teamwork in the NHS and how our listeners can navigate that NHS culture effectively. Yeah, no, I think that's a really critical issue, isn't it? Especially given the challenges of crowding and busy departments and and therefore the risk related to patients as well. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly um, over the last few years, working through COVID, the pressures have changed, the job may have changed slightly, which may have had an impact on the way trainees are operating inside, outside of work as well. And it's almost, um, I think the analogy is um, when you boil a frog and, you know, you turn the temperature up very, very slowly and you almost don't realise all the little changes that have been made um, till the pan's really hot and actually you're surrounded by chaos and then it can be really quite difficult then, can't it? Oh, absolutely, yes. I think um, I think sometimes it's difficult to get enough insight to be able to put your head above water and see, okay, this is the environment that I'm actually in. And then more importantly is once you recognise you're in that environment, what can you actually do about it um, and what kind of support do you need to achieve success and to kind of recalibrate a little bit and be the best of who you want to be in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And just so the mention of um, the word workplace can look very different for very different tra- uh, types of trainees. And I just really wanted to touch on all the different types of um, people, healthcare professionals, clinicians that our trainees or IMGs may encounter in the workplace. Because it may be that they've come from a society where they don't have access to diabetes special nurses, for example, occupational therapists, physios. Um, And it might be good to have a conversation about the wealth of information and opportunity that they can bring that can make their own day job that little bit easier. Yeah, no, I think that's a really important insight, isn't it? Um, I mean, I'm I'm working in emergency medicine and we are, I guess, the quintessential team sport in terms of specialties. You know, we have lots of different colleagues from nursing staff, from um, allied healthcare workers, as well as porters. And, you know, there's a whole range of people that make it tick. And so the assumption Mm -hmm. that me as emergency med consultant has complete control over what's going on, that's very, very far from the truth. I'm completely reliant on the rest of my colleagues, you know, sharing in that role and achieving the best outcomes for both process and systems and patient outcome. And that's, again, probably something that hasn't been appreciated in other settings even. And this is something we're learning 
even here, but in particular for you know IMG colleagues where they might have worked in very hierarchical or isolated or narrowed kind of fields, getting to understand mm-hmm. what are the range of skills and characters that are on offer is really important and knowing how to deal with them because many of them have also had different training backgrounds and hierarchies, but they all have value and a role to play within the workplace. Absolutely, yeah. And um, certainly for me, so I work as a GP and there's not a day goes by that I don't run into practice nurses room asking for some advice or support about certain things that I actually have no knowledge of, but I do know where to go to get the right knowledge. And I think it's important to make that point, like you rightly said, as doctors, we're not expected to know everything, but it's okay to approach a specialist or an allied healthcare professional Um, And really, it's about knowing where to go to get the support and the advice and the answer rather than having all the answers yourselves. I think it's really important that we recognize that asking is not a sign of weakness or and it doesn't diminish your professional attributes. And in fact, I think from a team working perspective, um, people value the fact that you can demonstrate with humbleness and ask. And that means that you get to know people better and then they've got your back when you need it. And that's the other thing. When you work in such an environment, you need people to all have the same common vision and support each other. And so it's only by knowing and integrating and uh, speaking to colleagues will you get that kind of level of understanding where people have your back on a day-to-day basis. And that might be quite different in other cultures where you know, asking is often seen as a weakness and undermines you professionally. Um, because there's an expectation that you should know everything. I think definitely one of the key aspects of working in the NHS, or at least the modern NHS, is to demonstrate a a little bit of humbleness and recognise that you can ask for help, and from any level, um, you know, and that's something to to kind of write home about. Oh, absolutely. And it's a two-way process as well, isn't it? So there may be times where they come and ask you for help, um, advice and support, and, you know, there may be times that you need to go approach someone else and ask them for their specialist input um one anecdote um yeah or, or one piece of advice that i always try and give my trainees is there are staff members who may have been in a certain environment to say for example you're on a ward and it may be that the nurses the admin team um or the ward clerk they've been there many many years so they've seen trainees sort of rotate in and out and they've probably got some really valuable experience that you might not be privy to in the four or six months or 12 months that you're there on the ward Um, And I quite often find them a really valuable resource because they've just been there so long and they've seen so many things. They know how things work. And I always advise my trainees um, to really use them, actually, because there's there's so many things that they can probably share with you that would make your day job logistically a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. The institutional memory of the ward clerk, for example, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, make sure you make them a cup of tea quite early on when you start, (laughs) you know, it's those kind of little nuances, Mm. you know, so demonstrating that appreciation, demonstrating a bit of humbleness to try and, and and being willing to ask and ask for support and ask for help is really important as part of consolidating your role within the team. Sure. And even now as a GP and clinical supervisor, um, I always make a note to show the trainees that actually, you know what, I don't know everything. This is me being vulnerable. I'm going to ask someone else for help and support and advice because I think there is some positivity in that role modeling as well um, to show them actually, you know what, it's okay to do this and it's accepted, it's the norm and we really expect it from you actually. Yep, no, I'd agree with that. And probably one thing though to... To acknowledge, and I think I'm just reflecting here on my emergency medicine kind of experience at the moment, is that 
the workplace has changed a lot in the last couple of years because of COVID and because of changes in demand. And, and that's often, I think, strained the more traditional models of, of team working within the workplace. And that therefore has consequences on, on um, in well-being as well. And how do we perceive sure. our roles within the workplace and how do we sustain well-being? Yeah, absolutely. So well-being is a really important topic. I mean, the jobs we do um, there, sometimes we see really awful things that people will never be privy to in their lives. The demand that we're under can be really quite stressful and overwhelming. And I think it's well-being can sometimes become one of those buzzwords. But actually, till you drill down into it and have some really concrete ideas of how to look after yourself and where to go for support, it can be quite an alien concept, can't it? Yep. No, I'd agree with that. It's, uh, it's not easy to navigate navigate the terminology and find out how do you, you know, how is that, what does that really mean for you, both as an individual um, with lived experience and, and your own personal culture and ideas, particularly if you've worked in a different culture previously. Um, and then what does it mean for you as a group? Sure. And one thing I really wanted to um, to ask about and just kind of flipping the narrative from what we were talking about earlier is the kinds of things that IMGs may bring to a team that may also be really useful for people to harness. And for our listeners today, they, they might be thinking, well, how could I do that? What experience do I have that I could share? And I just wonder whether you had any thoughts or advice on this at all. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point to try and explore. So I guess we are going through a stage where the workplace has become work and work has become very difficult. And therefore, for a lot of colleagues, just even just as part of our, not even IMG colleagues, but normal colleagues, we're trying to see, well, how do you kind of just come to work, but then what might, what sustains me is out of work. That might be sports, that might be music, that might be food, that might be family, friends, pets, etc. But essentially, a lot of people are now trying to say, well, how do I just get in and get out? Yeah. But then if you think of the sustainability of that model, that becomes really difficult because work is still work. And how do you bring your best self to work? And IMG colleagues who've probably worked in very different environments, ones which probably have also been quite chaotic and over with lots of demand and with different challenges, have probably got some skills to offer. And how do you work better as a team? And that work actually is more than that. It's actually part of your social function as well. And how do you bring people together and work better as a team and share experiences as a team? Now, the challenge with that, though, is... How do you bring cultural diversity into that? I think traditionally the NHS has struggled a little bit with cultural diversity. There's always been kind of mm. one model of what socializing looks in the workplace, whether it be yes. the, the Christmas party or going out for the pub lunch or, yeah. you know, or, or dinner after work. But we are in a very diverse organization and perhaps those options are not often celebrated. And this is where I think international graduates have a lot to offer in terms of those social nuances to bring people together but also to break down the barriers around cultural diversity and inclusion and therefore actually have a, a better functioning team. So this is where, where I think I would encourage Andrew colleagues not to be shy to celebrate who they are and what they bring to the table in terms of their own cultural heritage. Yes. And then actually to, to say that this probably could be really empowering for colleagues um, in helping to recalibrate why, why it is that we do what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point, isn't it? Because I sometimes often find um, that the IMGs may be hesitant or a bit reticent to join in. And it maybe is like, right, like you've rightly addressed there, um, the, the culture looks 
like one thing, like going to the pub after work, which may not fit in with their own values and morals and choices. So it's important to have that range of things that they can join in with. Yeah, and this might be, you know, simple things like uh, when you're coming on for a night shift on your last set of nights, bring some samosas in and see how people (laughs) respond to that. And you'd be surprised that, okay, some people prefer cake, but samosas don't go, you know, they get completed fairly quickly. They get finished off or, you know, cups of tea rather than, you know, so I think it's, Again, thinking about what is the stuff that keeps you ticking? What are the kind of things you used to do in your workplace back home? And actually sharing a bit of that heritage and recognizing that you can be valued for that. And it's not always about, you know, I think IMGs have a lot to bring. Yes, there's support that's needed to support that integration. But at the same time, I think we can bring ourselves to the table and and see what we can offer in terms of value and strengthening our work environment. Absolutely. Yeah. And anecdotally, so I'm I'm not an IMG, but I am South Asian by background. I can say that samosas go down a treat in the in the multiple times that I've taken them into it, pakoras as well. Um, and just wanted to touch on something. Yeah. So socializing doesn't have to be the office party. It doesn't have to be the pub after work. Um, it can just be going to the Costa at lunchtime with the team. And, you know, we touched on well-being before. Breaks are super important, whether it's five minutes, whether it's half an hour, whether it's an hour, whatever you can get in, when you can take it. It's just good to have a little bit of downtime, have a bit of thinking space, um, just to sort of get away from the overwhelming atmosphere of the primary care or the secondary care environment you're in and going to get a coffee with the team in the middle of the day. It's a great way to socialize. It's a great way to have a break. Um, And something that's probably been lacking a little bit in COVID, but now that things are opening up a little bit more, it's probably a great way to socialize with the team. Yeah. Again, sharing diverse experiences will only, I think, strengthen our collective role. So, you know, I've worked in in a range of environments historically in, in humanitarian response and, and disaster response, as well as resource-limited settings. And I think one of the lessons I've learned is the importance of trying to frame and understand the context we work in. And a lot of colleagues here who have never had the opportunity to work in different environments, I guess, sometimes struggle to translate the environment that they're in. And so, again, this is just recognizing that IMGs who have worked in multiple environments probably have the, you know, the, the mental elasticity to recognize and how to reframe their work environment. And they can probably support colleagues on how they see themselves and how they see the workplace um, in face of challenges. So I think, I think trying to kind of, uh, you know, bring this in my mind is, yep, we're part of a team, but we often say we're part of a team, but do we really know each other? And do we really support each other to an endpoint of functioning as a team? And I guess there's many uh, you know, anecdotal, uh, you know, stories where people have said they're part of a team, but actually everyone works in their little silos and everyone does their own little thing. And people feel that they cannot share and they cannot speak up and they cannot really work together openly. You know, they do so professionally and politely, but are they really the team that we want them to be? And so this is recognizing the role in kind of reframing what they can. Absolutely. And I guess that links back nicely into our on our first point of having that psychological safety to feel safe in that team, to share openly, vulnerably and honestly, um, which is where progress is made, I guess, really. Yeah, I agree completely. Yes. Wonderful. So, Najib, thank you so much for, for joining me for this conversation today. It's been enlightening and really helpful to talk about some of the challenges and obstacles our listeners might be facing, but also to talk away Um, but also to talk about how to navigate them as well. So that's been really wonderful. Thank you. 
So just to reflect and recap back on some of the themes we've discussed for our IMG listeners. We've touched on how important allied healthcare professionals can be. They are a useful and valuable resource, especially when you need further advice or support. And these include roles such as specialist nurses, pharmacists, physiotherapists, and so many more that we interact with regularly in the NHS. It's also useful to remember that we don't expect you to know everything and asking is definitely encouraged if you feel unsure about something. We've also touched on wellbeing and making sure you look after yourselves in these demanding roles, whether it's a team coffee at lunch or making sure you have some interests and hobbies outside of medicine you can enjoy to help distress from the working week. I personally find walking out in the green countryside and being in nature very therapeutic. And last but not least, to be confident, to be able to bring your authentic self to work. So all in all, some really interesting points covered today. And with that, we reach the end of today's podcast, Navigating NHS Culture and Teamwork. For more information about the Medical Protection Society and the services on offer for IMG members, including our IMG Advice Line and IMG Communication Skills Virtual Workshop, please look in the podcast description. If you're new to podcasts, maybe listening for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the channel to make listening in the future easier. You can access this podcast from all of the major apps, including Apple, Google Podcasts and Spotify. I've been your host, Maida Raza. Practicing medicine can be wonderful, but also challenging. So please take good care of yourselves and see you next time.